Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Welcome again to another Wolfles Press Box podcast. I'm Gary Wolfel, and I am delighted <laughs> to be joined by the one and only Jerry Tapp. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Gary. How are you? Good, good. What a gorgeous weekend in Wisconsin. And you can't say that very often. It's certainly not of late. No. But, you know, just got back from the Brewers game. We're doing this on a Sunday night. And there's probably not a hotter team in sports right now than the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, I keep thinking of amazing, and I think the amazing New York Mets. Remember them? And Back I think in like '69, exactly. And, and I'm thinking like, what the Brewers are doing is just ridiculous. Yeah. And tonight we're just going to uh, talk primarily about the Brewers, what they've done, their manager Craig Council, who has done an incredible job, contrary to what a lot of people believe. (laughs) I mean, if you want to know anything about the world of sports, just analyze Craig Council. I mean, the guy's done what I thought is just a fabulous job with the Brewers. And yet you see Twitter comments and Facebook comments, all these comments, period, social media, and he's getting beat up at times. Yeah. And I go, I mean, it's unbelievable. A guy is doing like an incredible job and yet, you know, there's always somebody out there that isn't satisfied. So with today's win, they go to 34 and 20. Only Boston has more wins. Do you believe that? One team. And that's Boston with 36. They are 8 and 2 in the last 10 games. Do you believe this? Um... I, I'm surprised, and I hate to be a, a Debbie Downer here. Uh-oh, here we go. We're and, not even two minutes into the show here. <laughs> two minutes into the show. But I, I told, I kind of pre-warned you that I had a stat here. And again, I'm, yes. I'm really excited that they're playing well. they got the best record in the National League. I think they're... No, I you're think, setting the table for something. I think Council is doing a fabulous job. I hope we get to talk about the MVP of the team, which is David Stearns at this time. But here's the thing that I think everybody's got to keep in mind. Two things. Number one is, yes, they're 14 games above 500, mm-hmm. but we're at the end of May. Let's not forget that last year at the All-Star break, they had a five-and-a-half game lead, and they didn't make the playoffs. The point being there's a lot of the season left, over 100 games. The second part of that is with a 34-20 and 20 record against the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Pirates, the three teams that they're going to be fighting for the, the Central Division. Correct. They have a record of 5-12. and 12. Interesting. I, two, I knew it wasn't good. Yeah, but yeah. A 294 winning percentage. Of all the other games against non-Cubs, Cardinals, and Pirates. <laughs> it's probably, what, 80? 29-8. Oh, my Lord. A 784 winning percentage. Almost 500 points different. So I would just kind of throw up the red flag and say, it's great. I'm glad that there are 14 games above 500. Mm-hmm. But as I wrote about a couple weeks ago, are the Cardinals, are the Cubs, the Brewers kryptonite, and they better figure out a way to do well against those teams because those are the teams that they're going to have to beat. 
we could analyze their playoff prospects. I mean, it's kind of premature, obviously, right. to get into that. And, yeah. and, and I think this team has some serious flaws to it, despite their record. Mm-hmm. And I think those flaws could be, you know, exposed in the playoffs if they get to the playoffs, right. which I assume they're going to. Or in a Senate race. Correct, correct. And who knows? Maybe, you know, by the trade deadline, Stearns will work his magic and yeah. erase some of those issues. But what absolutely floors me is how well the Brewers have played on the road. Mm-hmm. They are 18 and 10 on the road. Yeah. And I, I thought, okay, if they would be a couple games over 500, I thought that would be good. And, yeah. and you look at this roster, and their starting pitching has been suspect, and that's being charitable. Right. And yet they're 18 and 10 on the road. And I think the only teams that are better on the road, I mean, of all of baseball, are Atlanta and Colorado. Yeah. I mean, everybody makes a big deal about winning at home, but if you can win on the road, especially at that no clip, do you have any thoughts as to why they're playing so well on the road? The only thing I could say, and again, I don't, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer on this one, mm-hmm. but you know, is it possible that they're getting some of those lower tier teams on the road at the right times mm-hmm. early in the season? You know, because they did have to play the Cubs on the road and got swept. Right. You know, they went four games and got shot out in three of them. Which is shocking because I thought if there's going to be one strength of this team this year, it would be their hitting. Yeah. I, I thought they have a really, really good hitting club, but yeah. <laughs> they, they got well, exposed. I and, mean, that's one of the things we're talking about. And, and look at what they're doing without the guy who was leading them at home runs, Eric Thames, mm-hmm. who's on the DL. Ryan Braun is not doing anything other than a couple of games in April where he came up with some big hits. But I think the thing that really helps the Brewers, Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich are mm-hmm. as advertised. They are a great one-two punch. I, I'm not sure I'm ready to say that they're Molitor and Yount. No, they're not. Resurrected. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever say that. Yeah, but I think if you put those two guys up at the top of the order and the way that Jesus Aguilar and Travis Clark, or, why do I always say Travis Clark? Close enough. I know yeah. you meant. And, yeah. and, you know, Travis Shaw. Sure. Why is it? Those guys, they, you know, Yelich and Kane are doing a great job of getting on base, and Shaw and Aguilar are doing a great job, you know, being good run producers. So, yeah, I think they're, in some respects, they're getting by with smoke and mirrors because they don't have the kind of starting pitching. But the flip side of that is their relief pitching has been unbelievable. Okay. I, I wasn't going to bring this up until later, but uh, you brought up his name. The guy who once was my favorite all-time brewer, who is now my least favorite all-time brewer, and that's Ryan Braun. Okay. And it all stems back to his pet incident, and, and I'm sorry. I'm never going to forgive that guy for that. Right. For throwing that guy under the bus, I thought it was inexcusable. But anyways, moving on. Yeah. I have advocated since then, and it was out of emotion at that time because I was so upset with him that the brewers should trade him. Just dump yeah. him. Get whatever they can. Get a prospect or two or one good player. Yeah. They haven't done it. I have since talked to several people over the years about this situation, and one of them, very close to the situation in the Brewers organization, claims that the reason they haven't traded Ryan Braun is because of his relationship with the owner. The two are joined at the hip. And this guy claims that Antanasio, when he entertains his friends, guess who the one brewery he invites to is Mm. Sorway. Sorway. Say that six times. Yeah. Ryan Braun. Okay. So, okay, so here we go. You know, we talk about owners meddling. 
Yeah. Okay, he's meddling in this situation. And I think they made a major, major mistake not getting rid of Ryan Braun two years ago. Even this year, I, yeah. I, I have no idea now if anybody wants them. Well, you know, you bring up an interesting point. I was at the game Wednesday afternoon, and I was sitting in the press box with someone who used to be in the Brewers' front office. Okay. He no longer is. But one of the questions he asked me is, he said, point blank, what would you do with Ryan Braun? I was dumbfounded. I said, I don't have an answer. I don't know what to tell you. I, I said, wish you would ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would have known what your answer was. Exactly. You know, basically his point was, Braun has a contract, and I think it's through 2020. So you're beholden to him for, what, two and a half more seasons. Are there any takers out there as far as any trades? I honestly don't know. I think at this point there isn't. You might I, be right. You know, because of the contract and a bigger reason, he sucks. I hate to say it, but well, he's he is hitting what about two thirty. Yeah, think. I yeah. mean, you're not going to pay that kind of money to a guy yeah. that bats two thirty, two forty. I, I think the only thing that's going to happen, Gary, is let's say Braun in June, July gets hot mm-hmm. and goes on a streak where you know for two or three weeks he hits you know three fifty and drives in a lot of runs. And if the Brewers stay up atop the NL Central, sure. is it possible that they would entertain trades at that time? Because there may be other teams that might be interested in that. But I don't think Braun's going to be somebody, unless another team thinks that a change of scenery is going to do Braun good. Based on what I saw today, I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest hitters in Brewer history, without a question. No doubt. I mean, he's got a sweet swing. Yep. Today, for the first time, I, I watched the swing. And he didn't swing with confidence. Mm. I mean, there was something there. It wasn't his normal swing. Yeah, he did have a hit. I think it was in the eighth inning. And it yes. was a good, solid yeah, yeah. base hit. But, but for whatever reason, he, he didn't look the same. But again. Yeah. And, and maybe it's injuries. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the other thing. We, yeah. we talk about salaries, his right. lack of production. I mean, then you got the injury factor. But I guess my whole point is they blew a golden opportunity to yeah. trade him a couple years ago in what, got maybe two pretty good prospects from at that time? Mm-hmm. Now they're lucky to get a good prospect, in my mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to pull the trigger on something, but I think it will be interesting as the season progresses what happens with them. You do have some outfielders down in AAA that probably could come up and do a really good job, even if they're the fourth outfielder right, right now, because you've got Santana and Yelich and Kane that are pretty solid out there. But, you know, could you bring Brett Phillips up and make him the fourth outfielder? And give him, uh, you know, some playing he can't, time. He can't do any worse than Braun right now. Well, I mean, exactly. You know, so, so that, that, that's my rant for the day. I, every time I hear Braun's name, I just, <laughs> I just go crazy because yeah. what happened. But on a better topic, Craig Council. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. When he got hired as Brewers manager, I didn't exactly do cartwheels. Not that I could do a cartwheel. <laughs> but, I'm not sure I'd want to see that. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> the earth would move. <laughs> but I had my reservations, and I had reservations even uh, his second year. You know, I'm thinking like, okay, what is this guy doing? Yeah. I, I talked to a lot of baseball fans, diehard baseball fans, and they questioned what he was doing. First year, they won 61 games under him. Mm-hmm. Second year, they got 73. Last year they went to 86, mm-hmm. and now they're on their way to surpassing 86. There's definitely a trending upward with yeah. the council. you got to give him credit. He, he's doing doing all the right things, pulling all, all the uh, right buttons, etc. You know, and, and I know we're not talking about David Stern, but again, if I was to choose an MVP for this season so mm-hmm. far, 
I know the obvious choice is Josh Hader, but I really think the job that David Stearns and Craig Council are doing oh. would warrant being MVP. You and I have talked about this. What Council has done with Josh Hader, I didn't think it was a very smart move. Nobody we, did. We, we talked about either yeah. make him a starter or make him the closer. No, they've turned him into some kind of hybrid reliever, and now all of a sudden there's people talking about that he's going to be you know, a prime candidate for the Cy Young Award, what Council is doing with the bullpen. Jeremy Jeffress has an ERA of 033. Yeah, well, what That's happened crazy. to this guy? Yeah. yeah. So the way that Council is using the bullpen is enough of a, a thing to say what a great job he's doing. But the way he's using his lineup and, and putting guys in there when they're hot and moving them around. And again, the, the second part of that is with David Stearns. David Stearns is making uh, transactions and pickups of guys that when you read it in the paper, you go, who? Yeah. Tyler Saladino. Never heard of the guy before. Now he's your starting shortstop. Then they get a catcher from the Yankees, Eric Kratz. Who's this guy? First game he plays, he hits a home run. Mm -hmm. So I think between Council and Stearns, Stearns is making the right moves, and Council is figuring out a way to get these guys to play. I saw his press conference after the game today. He said something that just stuck with me, which was, we're just trying to take it and win one game at a time. And I think that's just so classic. Figure out a way to win mm -hmm. today's game. And I know it's cliche to say it, that's what I was but that's say. all they're trying to do. <laughs> they're just trying to figure out a way to win, and we'll do everything we can to win. I can see where people are on the Stearns bandwagon and getting Kane and Yelich mm -hmm. during the offseason, I, I thought were exceptional moves. Absolutely. I mean, I was talking to a longtime baseball guy today, and he goes, look at the top of their lineup now and compare it to the top of the lineup they had in the past. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you got Kane and Yelich up there. That makes yeah. a difference, you know? And then Aguilar batting third and Shaw batting fourth. You know, Jerry, having said that, and I, and I commend him for those moves, okay? Yeah. I don't see this team overly talented. I don't see them like, you know, some no. super team that this GM went out and got like four or five all-star. You know, not that you, yeah. you could get four or five all-stars, but even one or two. Are any of these guys legitimate all-star guys? I would imagine Yelich has a chance. Um, but... There's some doubt, right? You know, Aguilar, but typically he plays a position where you, you're going to have six or seven a lot guys, of guys playing first base yep. that are going to be power, know, power hitters and run producers. So, you know, he, he hasn't been a starter all season. So, right, right. you know, that, that's going to play against him. Shaw, yeah, he's been a good run producer, but he's only hitting probably under 250. Right, so exactly. That's, you know, that's and and that's, that's my point. So, I mean, this just makes counsel in my eyes – Look like a genius. Today, I, I was thinking, like, okay, what manager does he remind me of, okay? And I was thinking of baseball, baseball, and all of a sudden goes, you know what? He's Brad Stevens. Nice. He's, he's taking guys and making them believe that they're better than they are. That's a good analogy. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, you can be the greatest X and O's guys, but if your guys don't have confidence that they can produce, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And somehow, Council has instilled in all these guys mm -hmm. A confidence level that's incredible. They yeah. they go up there believing that they can play and play well. And I think they also believe that all they've got to do is is score three or four runs, you know, and, and they can get their starters to give you five innings, maybe six innings, and keep it, you know, like today the score was four to four mm -hmm. in the middle of the game, and so now they're thinking, okay, we're going to get into our bullpen, we're going to hold them, and of course, you know, they they went behind six four, and then they and then they went ahead, so. 
they figure out a way to do it. They're winning games 17 to 6 and they're winning games 3 to 2. So however they're figuring it out, it's just whatever happens on that day, just win the game. You know, it's the old Al Davis comment that he used to make, just win, baby. Well, maybe that's what Council is saying. Just figure out a way to win. Let's figure it out. Yeah, you know, the other attribute that Council has as a manager is patience. Yeah. He's incredibly patient. Yeah. I'm telling you, if I was in his shoes, God knows Bruce probably would have won 10 games by now. <laughs> because he is patient. And I'll give you an example of what, I, what I'm trying to say here. Is I've seen several games this year where the Brewers' starting pitchers have been lit up in the first two, three innings, yeah. okay? Yeah. And you're going to say, you got to pull him. you got to pull yeah. him. You know, get him out of there. You, this could be a 6 to nothing game. Yeah. But he sticks with them. Yeah. And he's got confidence that his team can – overcome a three or four run deficit. And isn't that what happened today too? Exactly. Yeah. And, and I thought I mean everybody's gonna you know, Chassin was getting beat up yeah. and you thought, okay, you stuck know, with him. Stuck with him and Brewers came back and were back in the game again. Chassin yeah. got a little more confidence. He settled down. Yeah. But his patience, and I've seen him do this several times this year, is amazing. Yeah. And getting back Brett Stevens, that's what he does with his teams, the Celtics teams. He says, hey, you know what, you're going to have rough patches, but we're going to stick behind you, you're going to persevere, and we're going to you know, get through this. But here's another thing to think about. They've played 54 games. That's exactly one-third of the season, okay? They've had some success. They've had a couple of rough patches, you know, that four-game sweep to the – when they got swept by the Cubs was obviously a bad patch. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing that's going to make or break Council – is going to be what happens when they go through those rough stretches. I'm really curious to see what happens. If Knable doesn't really get his game back, you know, now he's had a couple of rough outings, you know, what is Council going to do? Is he, like what you said, is he going to have the patience to stay with him, or is he going to do something which is going to say, you know what, we've got to get Knable out of there, we've got to put Josh Hader in the closing role, or is Jeremy Jeffress, or is it going to be by committee? So I, I think the key is going to be what happens this next part of the season. How does he deal with some of these adversities that come up? Because he hasn't had a lot to deal with this season. No, he hasn't. Okay, one quick question, and we'll uh, wrap this up. Okay. If you were David Stearns, and, you know, right now, I mean, the Brewers are in the driver's seat. And, again, it's only a third of the way into the season, you said. Yeah. What would you be looking for come trading deadline? I mean, already, what do you see one obvious need that the Brewers have to address? I think if they could figure out a way to get one more starting pitcher, if, if a really good quality starting pitcher mm-hmm. becomes available for a team that's out of the race right. and the Brewers can swing a deal to pick them up, I would say that that would be something to do. And the other thing, let's not forget that they are going to get a, a good quality starting pitcher back before the end of the year Correct. in Jimmy Nelson. Correct. Now, what kind of shape he's going to be in and how good he's going to be. But I, I, to answer your question, I think I would look for one more good quality starting pitcher. I, I tend to agree, but on the flip side, do you give up one of their prize prospects and say, hey, we're at a point now, we're pretty darn good, we're going to go for it, and you kind of scrap this plan of you know bringing along your prospects? Mm-hmm. and Because, I mean, who you know you, you look at the current roster, who do you give up to get a quality starting pitcher on that roster? I don't oh, think yeah. there's anybody they can give up. 
Probably. They're not going to give up Kane or Yelich. I don't think so. And after those two guys, I don't know who wants anybody. I mean, Hater, of course. Yeah. But they're not going to give him up. I don't think so. So I agree with you in theory that getting another starting pitcher would be ideal. Yeah. But the only way I see that happening is if they give up one of their top prospects. Yeah. So if you're Stearns, you say, hey, do we go for it or do we stay the course and say, hey, this isn't just a one-year deal. Yeah. We want to keep going. Well, and obviously the, the trade partner with the Brewers is going to have to be a team that is basically tanking for the year. There's that word again, tanking. Sure. But a, a team that is um, probably just looking for a way to kind of finish up the season. Let's get let's get rid of some of our um, high-priced regular players, mm-hmm. including starting pitching, and let's get some prospects in here. The Brewers do have a lot of prospects. The Brewers have a lot of prospects in AA right now. Uh-huh. Uh, and they've got a good AAA team as well. So the Brewers do do have some chips that they can play with. Would you play them, though? Well, I, I think if, if you're going to go all in this year, you might. I mean, look at... Are you all in on this year? Or are you uh, going to wait until the last minute to I say think you're I'm all gonna, in? I'm going to wait because, again, of last what happened last season. Mm-hmm. I was all in last season when they were up by five and a half at the All-Star break. But, again, I, I want to wait where we at in September... I'm telling you, don't you? You just brought up a bad memory for me last season. Yeah. Because coming down the stretch, Verlander was on the trading block, right. and and I wrote a column, yeah. saying that hey, the Brewers should go after Verlander, and and, and I, you would you talk about tough critics out there. I mean, yeah. they were they were blasting me left and right, right, how you could give up anything for Verlander, and you saw what happened in yeah. Houston with Verlander. Yeah. I mean, Houston knew it was yeah. in the hunt, and they were all in. Yeah. I just wonder now if the Brewers will be in a similar situation I, where they can get a, a qual. They're, they're not going to find a Verlander out there again. That, that's a once in. I don't know. Again, there's going to be probably 10 teams when you get to about the end of July, early part of August, yeah. that are going to be just saying, okay, we what are we going to do here? We need to start dumping some of our higher-priced right. uh, players. I don't know if there's another Verlander out there, but then again, we don't know which teams are going to be ready to do some trading, you know, when we'll get to August. Again, it's way premature to, you know, say what's going to happen two months down the road here. But the one thing I noticed is as good as the uh, Brewers are playing, 34 and 20, Yeah, there's seven teams in the National League alone that have 28 wins or more. Right. So, yes, the Brewers are doing very well, probably exceptionally well. But there's a lot of other good teams, and there's a long ways to go in the season. So, And, and don't forget this also, and it's kind of a, an odd point to our discussion, but these other teams that have like 28 wins, a lot of them have had games rained out because they don't play in Dome Stadium. Sure, sure. So the Brewers have had the luxury of not missing a lot of games, so you're going to get more games more wins played possible, early yeah. on. Yeah, they've been fortunate to get 34 wins because they've been playing almost every day. They don't get rained out, especially at home. Okay, on a, on a grading scale, what would you give counsel? For this year so Right far? now, yeah. Um, I would definitely give him an A. I think he's just done a fabulous job. I think yeah. him, him and Stearns have, again, as I said before, they're the two architects of, of this team. Stearns bringing the players in, Council figuring out the guys that he needs to put on the field. And I think that both guys have deserved A pluses. Both of them, at this point in time, would be candidates for executive of the year and manager of the year. No doubt in my mind. Well, I, I'm in total agreement. What, what they've done is amazing. And, you know, again, it's only a third of the way season, and hopefully uh, they'll, yeah. they'll continue it because they're, they're a fun team. Yeah. They're a fun team to watch. I yeah. mean, 
every day it seems like somebody else is doing something improbable and yeah. if their pitching ever does come around they're starting pitching I mean who knows but yeah. well the one thing you've got to keep in mind too is is injuries we never know what's going to happen with injuries except for Braun we know that yeah. <laughs> he's a yeah. walking injury <laughs> but, but I mean even if you think about it who, who would have thought that if, when Thames went down that Aguilar would come in and have the kind of no last six weeks no that question. he's had. Right. You know, so they're, they're the, the Brewers were lucky that they had somebody that they could slot in there. Because uh, remember when he got hurt, it was like, okay, well, you know, Jesus is going to get some playing time, and Braun will get a lot of playing time at right. first. You know, and Braun gets hurt, and Aguilar has gotten the majority of that bats, and he's hitting over 320, and he's got, you know, what, nine home runs and 30 RBIs, and... For as many games You're as You're a veritable started. stat machine, aren't you? Um, <laughs> it's amazing when you read things. Yes. <laughs> no cue cards what's, or anything. What sticks? Yeah. yeah. I can also give you the lyrics to a lot of songs from the 60s. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff up here that just kind of floats around. I'll bet there is. <laughs> <laughs> and on uh, that note, we are going to uh, bring, up bring, bring this podcast to a finish. A glorious finish, and uh, thank you so much for offering some great insight, and thank you for listening. See you next time. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWuffle and Wuffle's Press Box.com.